Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodd Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs. Prepare to be underwhelmed. And away we go. I did get the 300 game list episode posted, so that is up and live. Um, Sweet. uh, That went up earlier. I didn't uh, do the Twittering or posting on Facebook yet. Um, but okay. it is, it is, yeah, it is live on Rick and dot com. So I'll, I'll do the social media stuff after we record here. Um, of course. it was just trying to, it was a longer episode, so it took SoundCloud longer to process it and all that other stuff. So it kicked me out of my normal funk and then mm-hmm. I got distracted by 19 other things and I never came back to it. So that's where we are with that, but it's there. Um, I have some time to, uh, edit the other episode that we're, that we have in the can, um, and so I'll probably try to tag team both of these based off of um, uh, trying to get those both done. So we should we should be good to go or kind of back on track for now. Sweet. Yeah. Tag team. What? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, that's <laughs> I was such low energy, low energy that last record session we had, too. So <laughs> I was just thinking back about that. I was like, man, <laughs> but it's just so low energy. Like, I. I'm trying to think. So that was in, I don't, I can't even remember. Um, no, I actually like, um, when you sent that, the, that one, uh, a link for me to review, uh, for that pass there. Um, it was actually like, I think that's actually a pretty good episode. Um, you know, uh, who knew I knew shit about video games. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like it just weirdly like, ah, okay. Well it seemed, it seemed interesting enough. I mean, uh, considering especially that was just like you know just uh knowledge in my brain mm-hmm. brain goop yeah that's it kind of um, got me going into figuring out some of the other stuff as far as what uh what other lists we can do and some of that i mean we've we've done some stuff we did the the characters and stuff like that um but uh I, i'm thinking i'll probably in the next couple of weeks want to do um probably a top 20 uh stand-up comedy specials um i don't think i could keep it down to top 10 just because there's too many there um so we'll we'll see what i end up needing to do there from uh at least my uh my purview and having to do some more research for some of the older ones um but uh Mm -hmm. that's kind of got me inspired i I don't think i'll quite leg it out to 300 um but uh i can definitely get a a decent amount going Yeah, like I could. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, because I know I've, I've, it's weird because like um, I've watched a lot more stand-up comedy like older like uh, uh, since I've been older. Partly because it's like the only thing on Netflix now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> like it's like well, you're like well, I'll fucking watch it. Like I watched Sam Kinnis like not like not like the other day because it was a few months ago. It's like a Sam Kinison special, and I was like, Jesus Christ, like. You know, like that's like how how bad am I scraping in Netflix that I'm watching Sam Kennison? Well, that's like, what uh, I mean. We haven't. If you're not in the middle of a Netflix series, um, I mean, most of the movies on there are Matt or I don't have a kid, so I don't need to watch the same movie over and over again to entertain them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, like most of it, like you said, most of just kind of the evergreen, just put stuff on for for you know. No, nothing happening like that ends up being mostly comedy specials um i mean we've watched a couple probably in triple digits at this point um and there's a handful that you know 
I love and will go to sleep with and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, that's the majority of the decent content that's on there for the most part is, uh, is, you know, stand up comedy related where, um, the other stuff, mm-hmm. it just, it's to me, it just has too much of a, like inertial, uh, rip to get into. And I just, I can't, I don't ever feel like, Oh, well, like you know, I can just put on stand up comedy and not really worry about it. Whereas, um, if, uh, if I'm going to sit down and watch a movie or if I put a movie on, or if I put on, uh, a, a TV series and it ends up being something where I, I have to pay attention and I'm more emotionally involved and it, it just sucks up more of my time. It's just, it's something because you don't have to pay complete attention to it to enjoy it. Yep. Um, it's part of the reason why I've ended up, it's, I use like anime the same way. Um, whenever I do that, that's why I have, you know, people shit on me, you know, for using the dubs or whatever. It's because I really don't care. Like, I don't, it's, it, because i don't fucking care about it that's why you know i Mm -hmm. I do that that way but um like with this in the stand-up comedy works like the same way too it's like really easy to use to fall asleep to um because there's it's not really visual dependent uh depending on the special that you're listening or the comedian that you're listening to i should say um and generally there's just so much of it on netflix like it's ridiculous um it's the whole like (laughs) it's all of netflix but um (laughs) <laughs> it's all i got <laughs> just like just looking through everything but you know so yeah no i'd be looking forward to that top 20 list we've got a i've got a few specials i should sneak in there um that i at least i would put there um i mean that's what you've got you've got i guess what stand-up comedy specials really gained started getting popularity in the 70s yeah, I mean, the majority of that ends up being with, uh, uh, I mean, like a lot of the Richard Pryor stuff, uh, George Carlin, like around that time, like those guys were the ones that had, you know, super big breakout comedy specials. Um, HBO starting to push some of those uh, that were more on the, um, you know, big name side. Uh, and I mean, that is one of the things that is uh, beneficial about the, although horrendous to find, um, quite extensive Amazon Prime catalog um, is that oh there's uh, George Carlin, almost all, his entire back catalog of specials is on there um, uh, under Prime Video. So those are some that we've we've ended up uh, just falling asleep to. Um, and there's so many different bits that I, I've seen it like just by themselves, but I've never seen them in context in the full special. So those are pretty awesome. Um so yeah, I mean the kind of that era um of uh of Carlin and and uh Richard Pryor going into like Eddie Murphy in the eighties with Delirious, uh or yeah, with Delirious and Raw. Um and then I mean that was when kind of the Saturday Night Live really exploded like late seventies, early eighties. So you had a lot of the 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 mixing and matching between stand up comedy and just the more explosion there. Um and then you know, Robin Williams taking hold and, and a lot of folks there. So, I mean, that it, oh, the yeah. more I thought about it, it was just kind of more of a, a spider web. Yeah, absolutely. Now that'd be a really interesting list to, uh, to see, um, just, you know, if anything, it'll be some decent stand up, uh, uh, stand up comedy recommendations. I figured once, you know, once you get a little closer to doing that, I imagine we would have, um, yeah, more, like uh solidified like uh kind of like your rules and stuff 
uh, you know, like maybe like one one special per comic. Yep, or, exactly. Like it wouldn't yeah, just be like yeah. all of the specials, like where it's like, oh, this one, this one, this one. Um, no, yeah, it would have to pretty much be unless they're drastically different or unless they're um, like tag team with somebody else. Like if it was like something where it's like maybe um, comic relief uh, versus. Um, you know, a, a, a singular uh, special or something. Um, I yeah. mean, there would definitely be more rules around there as far as pretty much the, you know, like one special per person type thing. Yeah. No, I, I'm really excited to see that. Uh, have you had a chance uh, not to completely uh, right turn or left turn? Have you had a chance to uh, see so, uh, Solo yet? I have not seen Solo. Um, we did okay. see I did see Deadpool 2, but I, yeah, I haven't gotten around to seeing okay. Solo okay. Um, since most of my uh, Star Wars friends said, like, I can take it easy because it's nothing surprising. Um, or there's, you know, nothing super that spoilery that I'll find out. So um, mm-hmm. thinking about it, I may try to catch it this weekend, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, I was able to secure tickets to Star Wars Celebration. Um, that is, uh, out here next year at McCormick place in Chicago, um, in 2019. Uh, so it will be walking distance, which is awesome because it will be C2E2 at the end of March. Uh, and then two weeks later it's Star Wars Celebration at the same place. Um, and so to have, uh, you know, two big, awesome cons that are that close and walking distance, um, is, is going to be pretty nutty. Um, and to see, like, I've never been to one of the celebrations. I've seen a lot of the stuff there, um, online and, and everything, but, uh, I'm psyched for that to come out, uh, or to come out here and that be the same year as, uh, I believe we're getting episode nine next year. Um, so to see, uh, to see where, you know, what's there and, and all the, the hype and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as for solo, I think it's. I do think it's worth the the at least if you see it once. Uh, I definitely want to catch it on the big screen before it moves. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, yeah, no, I um, like, I mean, like, I can see why folks would say it's skip. You know, I, I, like, we've talked about superhero, um, the superhero Marvel, I guess specifically Marvel movie exhaustion. Um, I think with DC, you have to have a good, you have to have a slew of, you know, entertaining movies before people can be exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so like, I mean, I've never, I haven't seen a single DC movie in the theater. Um, and whenever they come out, like, you know, I mean, for fuck's sake, you know, suicide squad, like, um, that movie's not very good. Um, I guess slight spoilers. Um, so, but, <laughs> the spoilers um, for hope instead of uh, anything else. Yeah. 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 Um, so with Star Wars, I think the issue is that people have with it and they can't articulate with Star Wars, um, which I... I actually was thinking about while I would, when I was watching so because I actually just saw Solo last night because I didn't have anything else to do. Okay. Um, was it, oh, it's the fact that we don't have um, people sort of like want that kind of space serial, uh, but we're basically just doing it straight through Star Wars instead of coming up with another IP. If the space, if like the side side mission, or basically side mission episodes, like Solo, and I think Lando is getting one now too. Apparently, apparently, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> um, and Rogue One, if those were all basically set in like their own kind of universe, where the audience would just be like, like it was just exposed to like, the audience was just like exposed to it, and it was presented sort of like that. Here's this loose thing that's tied together instead of trying to make it so, um, like tied to uh, cohesive and tied together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'd actually, I'd actually think they might do a little better, um, because I know Solo got just tanking in the box office this weekend. Um, like I went last night. Um, I that came out what Memorial Memorial weekend? Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. So coming up on two Fridays ago. Okay, so two weeks after I watched, I went to the theater at eight. There were six people in the theater, including myself. Um, I have not been to a Star Wars movie where there's. I haven't been to a movie recently where there's been that few people in the theater. Like. Uh, like the only time I've been in a theater with that low amount of people, there's me, my roommate, two people down there. The two jackasses decided that sit right next to us in our fucking row. <laughs> the entire theater, the entire theater is fucking empty. And then there was like one dude up top. So two, four, seven people, seven people. Like I went to see, I was probably my, my $10 back in 2007 was probably part of the, $30,000 domestic gross for, uh, what is that, Next Day Air with uh, formerly Most Def and Donald Fiazon. <laughs> right? So I went to see that with a buddy of mine because we actually, it was a, actually, correction, that was a matinee, so that was probably like six fifty. dollars We went, we went like, the like, because we were seniors and we didn't have anything else to do. So we would go, but like that theater experience was arguably best experience that i've had because it was just me and my buddy and there was like this old lady that like stormed out in the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. I, probably too many black people in the movie for her but like i don't um yeah but that was like it was like i've never been like i've never been in a big like release kind of movie where there's less than 10 people in the theater I mean, I think so. the that's kind of the the little interstitial era that we're in right now with, with Disney taking over, and there's a whole other mm-hmm. um, online thing about this, and um, a lot of like bullying that's been being done for like the character or the actress who played Rose in the Last Jedi. Um, people have just been targeting her for online bullying, so she basically deleted everything from Instagram. Um, and yep. there's been a, a lot of blowback as far as people just being really shitty human beings, um, based off of what they think, uh, you know, their, what entitlement they have to a fandom. Um, so, I mean, we don't necessarily need to go down mm-hmm. that route. Um, but I, I think that there's a little bit of an interstitial part of where we are with, um, the content of the movies that that are there versus the direction of like Disney buying the IP and wanting to um you know decanonize the EU 
um, and all of that stuff. So it, it's something where they're going to need to find a sweet spot, um, and not everything is going to be, uh, you know, a 10, 20x blockbuster. Uh, but as long as movies mm-hmm. make a profit, they're still going to make them because they're still going to yep. want to tell the stories. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I would prefer to see some of the stories like flesh out more new characters, which is why mm-hmm. like Rogue One was a little bit more interesting because we're introducing new people that we didn't know of, um, but they're still integral to the story. <laughs> um, whereas with this, like, yeah, it's just it's more backstory to people that uh, yeah. we kind of already know the majority of their life. Um and so, yeah. like, I wrote, like, a, a big thing on, like, people shitting on Episode 7. I just didn't care about Episode 8. Uh, or as far as I didn't care about addressing people shitting on Episode 8, like, I did minimally. but And we talked about it here, so that was probably a little bit mm-hmm. more of that. Um, but it, it's something where, again, like, I, I don't, like, I don't have a vested interest in the box office return of each of those movies. Um, right. I will, similar going back to kind of the stand-up comedy, like, I will take... I will take them at face value. I will enjoy that we're still making movies that are spin-offs and one-offs and one-shots of this gigantic space opera that started 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and so like it, it's to me that there's a lot of or a couple of the um things it's it just the the ridiculous amount of like gatekeeping that is being done for yeah. uh what what is deemable a, a Star Wars movie versus not a Star Wars movie um, is is ridiculous and toxic in, in my opinion. Um, and I, again, there were so many people like just complaining about certain things done in in Solo that I haven't seen yet. Um, but then there's other people that like I know that are dedicated Star Wars fans. They're like, yeah, it's good. Like, I mean, it's not you know, the same energy that people have after episode seven where they haven't had a new movie in how long, but it's like, yeah, it's good. It's well done. Like there's no surprises. And one of the things that kind of annoyed me with like every review was like, they played it safe. They played it safe. They played it safe. And I usually, I usually watch the the local news here. And in the morning um, towards the weekends, they have one of the entertainment reporters um, do movie reviews and stuff. And like, if there if there was an award for someone phoning it in, like he would have like fifteen of them for how like how much he phoned in both like the the Deadpool review and the solo review, where it's like I like literally you just read somebody else's review and said it was yours because it was he couldn't say safe more than like ten times in thirty seconds, um, <laughs> and so just like and instead of just saying they played it safe, like I, I mean what did you like you didn't expect him to what like kill off han or like what is han like i have no idea what happens like is he gonna go to a whorehouse and then you know make him look like a a scumbag before he meets leia like i like you kind of know what he is and like his a smuggler past blah 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 like and you know like who's making it so like i don't exactly understand like what they're trying to do um but it it, uh or what they're like what people are going and expecting um but again it kind of goes back to the last jedi blowback where it's like people are going in and be because they have, you know, this mental canon, um, and it, what they see on the screen doesn't match their own mental canon, then it like it's shit, and everything needs to be burnt to the ground and stuff like that. Um, and so that's where like it just ends up being uh, like 
I'm like, if they're making it, I'll see it. Otherwise, like I, I don't need to like get into the, the Twitter zeitgeist of all of this bullshit of, uh, like there's like there are legitimate like podcasts out Star Wars podcasts out there that have like renamed their podcast um, because they're so upset with with like the representation and diversity oh. in the Last Jedi um, oh and like and some of the choices and I I, I guess uh, Lando is deemed pansexual in in Solo somehow um, and so people are like all up in arms about that. Okay, so I I actually do want to comment on the pansexual. Uh, Lando thing. Um, so you have a character that was originated by Billy D. Williams, who literally is a space Lothario. Of course, he's going to fuck everything. Yeah, like that's just like I don't I don't see Lando. I like I literally could just like you don't take a character like Lando who's crazily crazily stylish, super fucking smooth, does not give a fuck about anything. It'd just be like, 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 first of all, what a, it doesn't fucking matter what he fucks, but B, you have to expect in the future that there are going to be people out there who are just going to be able to seduce and fuck anything because everything has intelligence. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, yeah, I fucking makes sense. Like, you know, it's not. It doesn't really fucking change. That's, I thought that was something that was already kind of understood about if you were to take any any of those Star Wars characters and say that about the one that you'd be least surprised is Lando because you go, oh, that makes sense because because of the way the character is, you know, he's <laughs> the only way I can say it is going to sound so I'm going to be sound so old, but he's literally the character of a space confidence man, and if <laughs> you're like. If you're going to scam things in the galaxy, you have to scam, be able to scam everything. And if your main way to do that is to seduce the people that you're scamming, either be it with your charm or anything else, I don't see, I don't see Lando as the type of person to turn an opportunity to scam somebody away. Mm -hmm. And that's just really being advantageous and cunning. Like, you know. Did they need to come out and like? Did they need to come out and say that? I mean, I don't know, but at the same time, it does. A, it doesn't hurt anything, and it makes sense for the character. So, like, you know, maybe you could get there. I I don't know. I I don't. It's not such a foreign concept to me to basically be able to fuck your way through stuff to get this to get what you need. Well, and and that's where it ends up being just it's attacking. It's attacking the fragile sensibilities of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. when you think about it, like what, like when we were introduced to him, like he was the leader of cloud city, <laughs> fucking Sodom and Gomorrah, space Sodom and Gomorrah. And this so fucker's in charge of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, we're cloud city. Like there, it's this happy place where, you know, pretty much very similar to the, the race planet. I forget the name of it for, when, where they went in the last Jedi, but you know this one had a lot more relevance to the plot. Um, but you know they go there and or he he's you know leading it or like he's in charge of it. Um, and again, like in almost every uh, culture, in some way, like there hasn't been uh an absence of pansexuality in a lot of leadership going back to you know Rome and 
Greece and every ancient culture. So like, again, to like have somebody who's, uh, when you're looking at a lot of the, where this was drawn from, um, and a lot of the foundation and basis and inspiration of kind of what, uh, uh, you know, the, a lot of the allegories and things that are, are built into, to, the star Wars message. Um, it's totally not surprising that, you know, that would be like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Move on. Um, as opposed to be like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, and like, I don't understand the, like, that's the sword you're trying or like, that's the hill you're going to die on trying to fight. Um, or like, that's, that's the sword you're going to fall on. Um, just because again, like you're saying, it makes so much sense that, you know, being a smuggler turned a somewhat legit guy. Um, he's still going to use everything in his power to get the best things that he can. And that's going to come up and be, you know, that's going to go all the way from, you know, you know, sun up to sundown type thing. Very similar to, are, are you a doctor who fan or do you watch doctor who? Um, I see that it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. So it's very similar to a character in there, or basically um, John Barrowman's character in there, who's uh, a character who is, you know, a, I, I don't know if they ever deemed it uh, pansexual, but he's definitely bisexual in, um, in the, in the, the series. Um, and so he's, you know, a time traveler and that ends up obviously becoming very handy when he needs to get out of no pun intended very sticky situations either way um so again it's just something where it's attacking the the fragile sensibilities of of the toxic masculinity of the gatekeepers Mm -hmm. that can't you know just understand that yeah these things like you're not writing the story you don't control it and just because you've sat with it for so long doesn't mean you get to you know deem or or attack anybody who is now you know contributing or extending the story yeah, and, you know, I think in the future, for the future of Star Wars, um, I think they actually need to um, get away from the main Skywalker people. Any Anybody involved in the Sky, Skywalker shit just need to get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's where a lot of these issues are that's where a lot of these issues are coming up. Um, it's because they see that as a connection to that. If you were to, t- yeah, you would, hey, you've got fucking dickholes out there that are going to, you know, cause issues about any kind of diversity casting, which in the future blows my, it's set in the future in space. It blows my fucking mind that at the very least you, you're going to want people that are different than just, you know, straight white dudes. Because it's it's the future. It's supposed to be exotic and different. Mm-hmm. So if anything, like I mean, you know, I, you know, like if you're gonna, you know, if we're talking about a fucking, you know, a spaghetti western set in fucking, you know, the borders of fucking, you know, the fucking Oregon, and fucking, you know, eighteen thirty seven. Okay, like, you know, I just for authenticity i wouldn't expect to see a whole you know a whole bunch of diversity there um but it's the the one place you can do it's part of the reason why i don't like fantasy is because fantasy for me is strangely kind of alien anyway because it's like this pretend place where there's not a shit ton of my shit ton of minorities Mm -hmm. 
and it's not like like it's the whole the whole like I, I'm sure people has been in stand up bits and stuff, but they talk about like there's like you know there's always like two time travelers and one of them's black and they're like let's go back to the past and save you know meet George Washington and they're like nah I'm good yeah like, exactly <laughs> like fantasy like it's just one of those things where it's like you know those those places you know you want anybody to be able to enjoy the media that you create you know with real like grounded realistic expectations it's the future i totally expect to see a shit ton of people that aren't white dudes in the future because that's the way it's going you have you know it's the one safe place where you can do that and to experiment with that um you know in the future i mean just like in the original star trek with uh with uh oh oh god lahora yeah and um you know, it, the, in the future, a black person can be on a spaceship. Yeah, exactly. And it's fun, you know, like that's something that's like that's that's the whole base of space. That's why it, it's, it's something that, yeah, you want to, you know, romanticize it in a way where, you know, it's unlimited. Poss- it's unlimited possibilities. And uh, like, you know, it. Or even with, you know, next gen. I mean, granted, that came out in, what, 87 with, you know, uh, LeVar Burton and Michael Dorn. Um, but like, you know, like in the, you know, you've got a, you know, it's the one place I would not expect that into is basically in Star Wars. And the thing is, part of the issue is, is that you have it created in a time where that diversity and wasn't something that was, would have been as widely accepted as it should have been, you know, you know, because, because of that's, that's the way society was at that time. The fact that the series is growing and trying to encompass, uh, encompass more people, you know, is a good thing. I mean, original star Wars was 77. Yes. Then, if I'm correct, 83, then 85? Mm, I think it was closer. Or I think, because I'm pretty sure Jedi closer? was 83. And I want to say okay, Empire maybe was that's... 81. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, okay, so there you go. Billy, you know, and, the and that's the thing, 80. too. It's like, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm not good with dates when it comes to that. Um, so... Like, but even then, it's like with Empire, right? You get the first minority character in that with Lando, and he's a fucking bad guy. Spoilers, you know. <laughs> yeah, he turns out to be a shithead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, he gets redeemed a little bit in Return of the Jedi. I mean, yes, I know you have James Earl Jones as the voice, but even yeah, he's then, not being seen, so it doesn't really count as yeah. far as to to be a a black player or to be a, a black character. Yeah. So like, and, and the thing is, it's like these people, I, I think people have a hard time understanding that a character, especially when it comes down to, uh, is someone who has a small amount of experience with film. No, know some film people, you know, I did a shit ton of college film, you know, acting, all that kind of stupid shit. Like it doesn't matter what your character looks like if it's not specified there are tons of time times where when you write a script 
the descriptors are, I shit you not, uh, mid to late 20s, attractive, and maybe a specific hair color. Maybe. If it's if it's relevant. But that's that's what screenwriters look for. So if you give that to a casting agent, if they say they want a young um they want a young woman in her mid twenties that's attractive, they're gonna cast whoever the fuck whoever does that part best. Mm-hmm. So it's like if that happens to be a minority, then it's gonna be a fucking minority. You know? Did did they, you know, go out of their way to I mean, there's so much that goes into putting somebody in a part. And especially, I guarantee, I can guarantee, I have never seen, I, the number of scripts that I've come across that mention race, when it's not integral to the plot of whatever, uh, of the movie or TV show or short film or stage play is non-existent. Like, it's people can be whoever they can be. Like, and that's the thing. It's you're literally playing pretend, and then you're getting upset about people playing pretend. Exactly, a hundred and a hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, that's where so, like so much of it is now. Where it's like again, everything that was, you know, and this is something that the phrase has been going around. Where it's like people are these critics and the noisy minority and the squeaky wheel. Um, and some of them are asshats, um, you know, they're upset that they're now not 95, 99% represented in everything. They're 85, 90% represented in everything. And so the fact that there are other people coming in and playing roles that make it a more general, um, representation of the world of, you know, reality, um, is something that, that they can handle or, you know, gender bending, um, across uh more just more accurate racial casting or even like with domino being black and deadpool like i imagine that there was probably some sort of blowback or somebody something online that was being something said that was being shitty because it's not being true that just stems back because of you know whatever um but then it, it just ends up being where as we have more representation across the board in everything, in directors, in producers, in writers, you're going to have more representation on screen of everybody doing that same job. Um, and so to me, it just makes absolute sense that you see this kind of um, broadening and just more diversity on the screen as opposed to, yeah, let's like, this is the way it's always been. So let's, you know, stick to it type thing. So, and I mean, don't you mm-hmm. want people writing better stories? Yeah. Like they're gonna write better stories to be yeah. to to be inspired to write stories that represent them and people that they're familiar with. And so that I don't need to I don't need to see a story by a white guy written for a white guy about a white guy um, <laughs> to understand. I was gonna and, say we have and have have feelings have about that. it exactly. I was gonna say we. I was gonna say we have that. It's called clerks. Yeah, no, uh... <laughs> I mean we have we have plenty clerks. of that. Like up until this point, so yeah, like yeah. there's only so much there. Like yeah, I'm very interested in seeing more representation and seeing more people uh, lend their voice of all different styles um, to those because those are the stories that are going to be interesting. Well, yeah, and not only that, and even in Kevin Smith's um, you know defense, it was a joke. I Kevin Smith is a pretty cool dude. Um, but even then, like, he did cast Rosario Dawson in Clerks 2. Mm-hmm. 
like you know because she she's a fantastic fantastic actress so you know like it's just like all this stuff that like when people get upset about because they're being told by the media there's like specific things it's like when stuff's when everything's been skewed in your favor for so long and when it starts to become equal it's like a you know folks have mini strokes mm-hmm. you know like it, it's whatever like you know it i mean the people talk about and this this is the other thing too is what i've noticed is that like i um i there's like nobody like i don't know if we've ever talked about this but like a lot of folks that i know like who idolize these movies and stuff or these characters had people to like they looked up to them since they were young and like i've never done that i mean because you would never like you would see you know characters and stuff there was always that thing it's never like i was never a kid who was like i want to be fucking batman Mm -hmm. you know like maybe like you know okay i was like fucking four i wanted to be ninja turtle or fucking whatever four to eight you know a ninja turtle slash power ranger because who the fuck wouldn't want to be that yeah um but like what i mean but after that it's like it's something you kind of let go do you know what i mean like like you realize that these people are are fictitious people be, and most of them are not very fucking complex people. Mm-hmm. I mean fucking Lucas is real talk if we're going to talk about fucking Star Wars and and that I mean I there's not a single fucking Lucas character that has more depth than a fucking kiddie pool. Like real talk if we're going to be fucking real but I like Star Wars. Like you know like I'm going to say I'll preface that again like I like Star Wars but those characters aren't complex characters. Like they're all they're all basically tools just to tell a story. And at that point, do you, why fucking care about the tools if it gets the job done? Exactly. Now, if like with, with the last Jedi, I wasn't super excited with the last Jedi, like real talk. I like, dude, I love, I love the character of Finn and the last Jedi, like made me kind of disappointed um, with the way that they kind of handled that character. But he, and it's like, I don't like him because he's a black dude. A, the dude's a stellar actor. And B, he adds the levity to the character that's needed in a strange way that makes it feel a bit more grounded than what you would usually expect, especially after the fucking prequels. Mm-hmm. Fucking CNN, space, space CNN, uh, Senate floor. <laughs> and like, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why so yeah he's used it's a but in the long run in the end of it he's just a character that's used to tell the end me the end goal yeah it was the high stuff necessary <sighs> maybe not you know but you know i i have more issues like the last thing i would ever complain about with star wars is the fucking diversity we'd go struck we'd go structural issues first yeah (laughs) i mean these these aren't because it's like these aren't so far you know to date eight uh eight uh serial character dramas like it's like i mean that's what (laughs) they're space operas that you have big banging plot points to just jump to the next plot point and yeah there are big things that happen and you're using 
people-based characters to advance the plot. Um, but that's what it is. It's telling a larger overarching story where this isn't something like the King's speech, like where you're, you're actively involved <laughs> in like the development of a singular character. I mean, you could argue through right. the original trilogy that that is for Luke, but there's still so much other like world building going on at the same time. And so many other big banging plot points that, I I wouldn't be able to like I I would still say that you know it's still the it's moving on around him type thing. Um, yeah. Like, it was good. It's like I guess this is sort of like a diatribe off of this, but like these people don't seem to understand. Like people and don't seem to understand who these like super fans. I'm using air quotes, which mm-hmm. works fantastic in an audio medium. Um, let's just make it air quote sound um but people don't seem to understand the motivation behind what made star wars star wars george lucas before he became crazy or whatever is going on with him in in his world his entire motivation in life is to he was jj abrams before jj abrams was jj abrams that's fair because because all of his really successful properties are fucking retellings of things that he grew up with in parts of his life. American Graffiti, which is a very popular fucking movie, deals with fucking the romance and nostalgia of that time period that movie is about. Fucking Star Wars. The fucker left Flash Gordon. Oh, no, here's a space serial you'd see in the fucking movie theater. Or, you know, the grand fucking adventures. Fucking Indiana Jones. Pulp that you would have been exposed to as a kid. All he's doing is just to tell these stories is to tell them in his own way based in his own nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And that's all that is. That is the only thing he uses that medium for. And that's in his successful films. That's all their that's their goal is to invoke nostalgia. And because that's what they do for him. So the fact that people don't understand that gee whiz, maybe these things, what they're creating are, are supposed to invoke nostalgia for a different generation or different people. Like that's the thing. Sometimes not everything in the world is made for you. That's what I was just going to say. I was going to hit that point. And it, I mean, it's so important And when you look at some of these arguments and I have not even dipped my toe in the water and commenting on any of this shit for, I don't know how long. Um, but when you look at the arguments, when you look at the conversations, when you look at the poo that's being flung back and forth, like it distills down to one side saying, sometimes it's not all about you. And then the other side saying, but it's about me and I need it to be about me. And yeah. that's where you're just like, like completely reasonable, completely asinine and just like back and forth and you're just like yeah that comes through like it's like if it was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich it would be oozing out the sides when you smash it down like it's just like Mm -hmm. there's so much shit there where it's just like sometimes i know this is going to be fragile and you're going to have to sit down to hear this but sometimes it's not all about you (laughs) and there are other stories to be told that don't circle around you and like, and this is the thing too. It's like if it's got you that much, you know, in a tizzy, go make your own space drama with fucking, 
or space opera with your own with your cast full of white white dudes only. Exactly. Like, just go fucking do it. Like, I mean, that's the thing. And you're going to realize, gee whiz, why is no one liking my art? You know, and it's going to be because you're probably not telling something that's a good story in the fucking first place because you don't understand how story fucking structure is supposed to work. Exactly. You know, like, or sorry, the reason why people give a shit about the story to begin with. Yeah. Like, because if you're like the it's so boring, like, and that's the thing. It's like, so I like I came to the realization the other day that I actually like movies and um <laughs> There's, there was a point in there was a point in my life where I didn't necessarily like movies, um, and that was pretty much tied to um, the whole acting thing mm-hmm. because when you would be set in a mindset to be constant when I was studying, you would have these um, these studio classes that would be three and a half hours long that you'd only get two credit hours for that would meet twice a week. That's a shit ton and, of time for two credits. Uh, oh boy, um, yeah, it was. It, imagine, so I got, I got, I ended up taking all of those like way too early. So it was great. Um, so my senior year, when I wasn't specifically getting a BFA, I had a shit ton of free time. But that's a whole other fucking story. Um, <laughs> the dream semester. Um, I guess I'll take karate. I need to be full time. Um, <laughs> Um, so you, you, it puts you in an overly critical mindset because the way that acting programs work, and I'm not saying that this is good, um, but at least in my experience, what I noticed, um, was that you have to be constantly on the attack in other people's work to try and carve out a niche for yourself to be able to excel in. So it's not, it's like, it's part of the reason why I haven't actually gone back to acting because it honestly just wasn't healthy for me mentally. Um, I was not in a very good head. I would never be in a very good headspace, especially you would, you would get torn down for those entire, you know, it'd be a 10 person scene class and you would do a basically just do a cold read. They'd throw a script in front of you, do a cold read Mm -hmm. and then you'd get critiqued on the cold read for an hour and a half. Yeah, so <laughs> I I don't I barely I I've repressed all of those 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 classes. So, um, but you know it's like there was a point where I just couldn't watch movies without I couldn't watch a lot of stuff without doing that, um, and just sitting there and be like, oh, this is this, this is this, and I'm like, you know, that's not the way to do it. So I you know took a took a break from from theater and from acting. Um, and kind of like remove myself from that and try to get in a more healthy uh, headspace just so I can enjoy that stuff again. And the thing is that I've noticed over the time is that it's you want to make compelling movies. You When you make a movie, there's an artistry to it no matter how commercialized that movie is. Um, for like for instance and like it's because it's in everything because these people study their crafts because they're all artists no matter what you're watching and that's right even the fucking director of photography of american pie is a fucking artist because he got to light a fucking dude fucking a pisces like you know uh-huh. it's it's crazy but like but the thing is it's that the best thing about the medium is it's visual and you can do so much with dynamic movement 
because you're capturing a series of moves. And why would you want everything to look ex- – why would you want all of your cast to almost look exactly the same all the fucking time? Because you're not going to end up with – you're taking a part of – you're taking away a part of that artistry. If everybody's this, if everybody looks the same, hey, real talk, it's it's hard for your fucking audience to follow who's who or to get invested in anything. Like that's why character actors are a thing, you know. It's because they try to, <laughs> they try to like cheat diversity into <laughs> their a, a lot of films by having character actors just p- portray basic stereotypes. Um, so, I mean, it you want diversity because it gives you another part to the medium, like uh, another tool within the medium. And I, 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 uh, blah. I, I, I just, you know, it's it just baffles me. And because you can't rally on it's like you can't rally on diversity when you. It fundamentally shows that you just don't understand the medium and how the medium is supposed to work. So how can you actually be a fan of it in the first place? And the the thing is, like, I mean, that's where it this conversation here ends up being a like we're in violent agreement with each other. Um, but <laughs> the problem is that now everybody that you know that message needs to get to is now <laughs> they're all in violent agreement with everybody else is an asshole and trying yeah. to come and take their precious thing away from them. Um, yeah. And so it, it just becomes difficult where like, like it, it's hard to like, I, I know obviously we're not going to solve that problem, but I also think <laughs> it's something where like, I don't think it's something we need to meet in the middle on either because it's just like, yeah, yeah. Fuck no. you. It's not your <laughs> thing. Like you don't own it. So we're going to do what we want and you can, you know, either do it or fuck off like i mean like there's it's not like we're not going to have like a big summit about like okay this like this is why we're bringing in character x this is why this character is a woman um this is why this character is nationality or, or race gender ethnicity y and so just like no it's just like we're writers and creators like i mean obviously we have you and I have discussions on here about, you know, stories we like and movies we don't like mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But it's not like we're not, like, attacking the basis or the foundation or the reasoning of um, why a character is written as X. It's just like, no, like, I just thought, like, Infinity War was a shitty movie with bad structure as opposed to, like, attacking the human being that is portraying a character in, in Star Wars. Like, there's there's <laughs> a night and day difference yeah, there. Yeah. But it, it's something where just like no, like I don't, I don't think that, you know, those people just because of they're getting their gatekeeping feelings hurt that they need to have like they need a seat at the table to to be like to you know approve anything that is is uh, not going their way type thing. So that's yeah. what, I mean, it, it's it's something where I don't think we're going to solve anything in the immediate future on a lot of that, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean. It ends up being, you know, it just ends up being whatever. Like, it, like it's something I'll never personally understand because a, I just don't have the time to deal with that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's something where it's like, you know, okay, great, so and so is black, or so and so is Asian, or so and so is a woman. It, I 
who, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Just tell me a good story. That's the thing. It's like, I don't have time and I don't have enough time in my life to sit around and hate on something just because of something so fucking secondary as fucking race, gender, or fucking creed. Just tell me a good fucking story. That's all it is. That's all we fucking care about. That's the primal thing that we all fucking want is just to be told a good fucking story. That's what makes art good. That's what makes art good in fucking general is that it tells a fucking story and it makes you feel something. That's all it's supposed to fucking be. It's not, you know, it's not there to, it's not supposed to be there to fucking make you, you know, kind of feel better about life decisions that you've made or, you know, to, yes, it's an escape in some way, but I don't know of a me, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's it's an escape. It's supposed to be an escape for everybody. So like, I don't know. I don't know how how to how to you know how to change those people's minds. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know how to deal with that. I actually, you know, so um, <laughs> I, I, it's it's all over. It's in a lot. And the thing too is that 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 mentality of that gatekeeping is in a lot of a lot of the hobbies yep. too. Oh, it's um, a lot of different spectrums, a lot of different mediums yeah. there. And, you know, it, you never, it, you necessarily don't know how to fix it besides telling somebody just to get over it. Um, you know, I, um, but in, in, uh, <laughs> but I think we've officially beat that dead horse. And yeah, I, I think we, I, um, I think we beat it back alive and then dead again. Um, did you have a hard left? Did you have a chance to watch any of the, uh, pro tour? Uh, what did I watch? I watched some of the draft, but I didn't, I didn't watch much and I watched that. I didn't see any constructed or any of the top eight. Mm, so the top eight was nothing but mirror matches. I did see it was um, a lot of red six stuff. Out, yes. Um, six out of the top eight decks were functionally the same deck. Okay. Um, which is, this is not the first pro tour that that's happened. Um, and so one of the things, you know, I've been, I've been spitballing this idea around, um, I think for pro tours, there needs to be a diversity rule in the top eight. <laughs> um, because do you know how fucking boring it was watching black, red, mid range play black, red, mid range. It was that the, the main six of eight decks. Oh yeah. Okay. And then you had one kind of control deck and then red deck wins. Um, and, and red deck wins was the one that ended up taking it all. Wasn't it? Oh, God, it was so fucking sweet. That was actually the only good part. Series counts two and two. He draws... It was like watching somebody fucking make it on the river. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Poker. Like, and I was like, yeah! Um, but, uh, and I was thinking about this because... So I play UFS. Well, and by play, I mean I buy UFS stuff and loosely follow that. It sits in the corner. Not, yeah, because there's not a place for me to play and I don't have anybody to play with. Um... And without going to fucking Atlanta. Um, so they have a diversity rule. So they don't, their top eights can't have the one deck can only have one main character in it. Okay. The, in each one has the, they all have to be different. Um, so, you know, um, I was thinking magic should have something like that. How do where, they, how do they enforce that? What is the, what is the type of, uh, determination there then? So this is what I was thinking. Um, since it is a um, 
play-by-play, uh, it's your typical playoff bracket. Um, it's determined by seeding. So since there are certain times you're going to have mirror matches or whatever, it's going to be a thing. But if there's more than X amount of decks in the top eight, like for the first and second seed going into the top eight, get to choose whether or not they continue to play that deck. Oh, okay. And then basically when it goes down and it's, they're all basically assigned by seeding. So basically what happens if there's two, um, you know, if there's three and it's the first, second and third person in the top eight are basically playing that the same deck, the first and second basically get to decide whether or not they're going to play it. So, um, that would liven up matchups a lot. Um, now in this top eight, you have a, um, insane, you know, six to eight. So third and fourth would decide what backup deck they would play. And then, uh, fifth and sixth would dis or whatever the seating would be, would decide what they would play. Um, that way, not one side of the bracket gets too, um, scrunched up with red deck or, you know, with a certain deck yeah. type. Um, and you know, it, you can play the deck through, you can play the deck through, um, you know, Swiss or whatever. Um, and that would help with it because it's a promotional tour. Like as someone who hadn't really played standard, um, all I know, all I know, the only cards I know that exist in standard right now are red and black cards. Yeah, exactly. And I know a lot of fucking goblin chain whirlers really good apparently, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's it. Like, you know, you want to see diversity to get good matchups. I think it's an idea that would be interesting um, to see um, activated or, or, or put in use, rather. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not sure about whether or not you actually need those for GPs um, because the goal of a GP is different. Um, you wouldn't, I don't think you would, you probably wouldn't use it for the world championships um, simply because that's such a small field in the first place. It's a small and, field and long numbers. It becomes, it's a different style of format. And well, they also yeah. usually end up breaking up the, the number of formats between limited and construct multiple <laughs> constructed formats too. So it wouldn't really apply there. Um, yeah. But yeah, from a promotional tour perspective, because now like, what does that mean? Now everybody's like, okay, well now we're just going to, we're going to play Blackguard mid, mid range and red deck wins mm -hmm. for the next X weeks. Um, yep. And then eventually stuff's going to come out of it. So, like, if you're forcing um, other stuff into the metagame that you know is eventually going to, like, bleed out or, you know, make its way in, um, I, I think that's probably, you know, a long-term positive. Yeah. And, you know, it, I mean, it's better. You know, there was a sweet black-red mid-range deck that did really well that entire fucking weekend and basically got screwed out of the top eight by some low-key... Um, uh, shenanigans speaking of which this pro tour that final game of the pro tour encapsulized everything about magic for me the good and the bad and remind reminded me a lot of the reasons why i don't have like how there could be a lot of fun in magic and how there can be not so good fun so you had your two finals you have uh wyatt darby in pinto uh pinto had basically played his friend in the uh, quarterfinals to get, or the semifinals to get to the finals, mm -hmm. um, which was a 75 card mirror. <laughs> and, and um, you know, he had played his friend and he's playing Wyatt Darby who took quickly took the first two games. Pinto won the last two. 
Pinto was looking about to win, he had a small misplay. Um, and then Wyatt Darby beat him off the top deck with a glory bringer. Um, which was really exciting. And then Pinto immediately tried to say that he missed a trigger on something. <laughs> so he tried to he tried to fucking rules lawyer him in the final game after he knew he had lost. Um, and I was just sitting there and like I was like, mm, like you beat like you beat your friend that kind of like you know he his friend like did some kind of shitty stuff to get into the top eight. Um, he basically uh, the blue re- the blue black mid range deck actually he played um, against and he basically they were getting close to time and he knew he was basically dead he 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 was dead on board basically. Uh, right before they got turns because momentum was strictly in the blue red uh blue black players uh, uh side he got up and asked a judge question for like five minutes and they didn't give him a time and then he gave him a time extension uh-huh so it went he got he basically forced a draw out of it instead of the loss so yeah like i mean like it just reminds you like it just it just encapsulates like, like it just showed you everything good and bad about magic and then you're like jesus like not even in the final not even in the finals of a fucking pro tour somebody (laughs) like somebody's not gonna fucking rules lawyer you after they know they lost like come on you know like he tried to say he missed a fucking he tried to say he missed a fucking trigger by reaching over to grab the token for the trigger yeah and that's (laughs) what i mean even when you were saying um with uh Glorybringer, I was like, oh shit, that I guess that is still in standard. Um, so I mean, so that that uh, shows how much uh, I'm still out of the the standard metagame. Um, but yeah, that that's where when you don't have that deck and card diversity, that's when things get shitty yep. pretty quick, and you end up seeing yep. a lot of stuff like that. Yep, and you know, it's it's a big it's a big issue, and I think they they should do something. To, I mean, I mean, do you have what four pro tours a month? Or not for about a month, a year. Um, why not just why not just do it? Like it's your product. You want them. You want good ambassadors for the game. Why not make them look like they're fucking talented? To you know, I mean, they are talented, but you know, like why not add on to that to see you know to encourage your players, you know, your your non professional player base to fucking get better at the game. Um, you know, I think it's a I, don't know, I think it's a decent idea, but you know, <laughs> some folks. Uh, I've told a couple of folks this, and I, I believe sometimes like folks don't understand that magic isn't necessarily so rock paper scissory. Um, there's a little bit, yeah, there's luck to it, but like, it's sort of like a sixty forty split. So like the fact that good blueprint. Like good magic players have a win percentage. Like the pros have like a win percentage of like sixty three percent. That's that's not that's not strict random variance. So there's obviously a measurable amount of skill there. You know, I don't think the diversity rule would necessarily warp the format because how do you pilot? You can't pilot anything that would basically just wreck through unknown choices of an unknown meta. Because that would basically create the top eight. The top eight would be basically it's unknown, untested meta. Exactly. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think they should do it. I think they should give it a whirl. 
Um, you know, will they? Prob- that probably not because it's more work. Yeah, I mean, um, it's more work, and then it's more blowback. I mean, they people got like it, they just get super pissy when um, you know anything happens on whether it's standard or modern and all of that stuff and then mm-hmm. they you know the bannings and modern because of the wanting to shake a pro tour diversity blah 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 um and then uh and so like I, I mean there's there's a lot there it's again it would take work but i think like that's where it's just like oh well like the the problem is oh well we just didn't make the cards the right way as opposed to like just being <laughs> proactive and saying like oh well yeah we'll fix it you know we'll let the the stuff that's in development now go through the the cycle and figure it out as opposed to mm-hmm. being able to say like yeah like we'll be proactive about like this promotional tour and figure it out yeah yeah the um apparently uh uh apparently fucking revised underground seas are up to 800 bucks yeah i did see that too I, like i've every time that conversations yeah. come up like i'm thinking of cashing out because that's just like i mean there's a difference between like what it's listing on tcg versus what you can actually get money for um but mm-hmm. you know the fact of being able to dump some of those at the ridiculous cost that they are even like inflated from what i paid for them um i think it would be kind of stupid not to based off of not wanting yep. to play like all of those decks and like mm-hmm. if i needed to like i could still play with shocks and that's you know a minimal yep. issue um so it's just it's it's sad to see kind of a lot of the the runs and spikes that are happening where like i i would like to stay in it yep. long term but it's just the those prices like if if i have like one deck that is five grand in my bag like that's insane when i have yeah. you know no foils no special cards nothing just like a standard deck that's like the the regular regular <laughs> deck that you can play for like any mm-hmm. given type and just the fact of you know just one or, or you know, ten percent of that deck is now like two, three grand is ridiculous. Yeah, well, all I gotta say is that I think it's fucking hilarious because if it keeps getting that bad, uh, Hasbro's one are gonna cash in on some of that sweet, sweet money. So the unreg the unregulated market's gonna fuck itself with its own speculators. Yep. So which is really funny. Um, people, oh no, Wizards wouldn't fucking do it. Hasbro says they won't. Companies like. We live in America. You trust corporations? Yeah, exactly. Are you are you bonkers? Like you don't trust corporations, like because their goal is to get money. If it's in the best interest of their stockholders, they're gonna fucking do it. You know, people are like oh litigation. Just because a company said they weren't gonna do something and they went and did it, who gives a fuck? It's it's a trading card. Who cares? It's a board game. Exactly. Who fucking cares? No. What? What? What lawyer would fucking take that? Oh, it's a stopple promise. Uh, no lawyer is fucking taking that. The only thing that the maybe the there'd maybe be a fucking maybe class action settlement out of it. But it's an unregulated market. Who says they can't do that? There's no laws. There's no. We can't get we can't get Congress and our officials to, you know, make sure that kids have, you know, health care, <laughs> health care and food or clean water in Flint. You think they're going to fucking pass fucking you think the toy lobbies like is there a collector lobby in fucking like collectors like lobbying senators would try to fucking pass off unlimited black lotuses to them? Yep. 
Exactly. Like, oh, Senator, Senator, come over here. I have, I have three sets of unlimited power. Make sure you can uh, make this this thing a thing. Like, come on. Yeah, guys. I mean, the ridiculousness Super- that, you know, laws are passed and, and what is being focused on and everything there. It's like, it's there's there's nothing that is going to be more focused on that where, yeah, you may have a couple of sets of power, but it's like, you don't have a lobby the size of the auto industry. You don't have a yeah. lobby the size of Industry X. So it's just like, yeah, like eventually the company's going to do what they want to do. Um, and like, I obviously don't think Magic is going to be around and as big as it is now forever. Um, I eventually think that you know mm-hmm. the cards will have will it'll uh, end up being in pockets or it's you know going to degrade and value will decrease and everything like that. But still, you still end up having collectibles in general um but the i mean you can they can probably launch class action lawsuits there um but there's you know just because you had put out a statement or a direction once doesn't mean you can't change it with given enough time um so i mean yeah a lot of those prices would come down um but it ends up being something where that's what you do when you're in an an unregulated market like there's (laughs) there's <laughs> it's like oh this could all go away overnight you still want to give me all your money okay um thank you and we'll see you again and then so just like i don't understand like how like the again if you want your money to be there and you want that that guarantee put it in an fdic insured product like i mean there's that's why those things type exist <laughs> as opposed to a series of things that you have inside of like six sheets of plastic that are now like stacked inside of, uh, you know, a glass case somewhere. Like, do do people not understand this is the equivalent of Beanie Baby investments? Exactly. Uh, 100%. (laughs) Like, guys, it's like, look, I own cards, you know. That's why, like, you know, we've talked about it sometimes. Like, that's why I'm not attached to this shit. Because the prices just keep going up and dummies are paying for it. You know, or the fact that something gets prices get so high, a store is forced to take it because that's their part of their buy policy. It's just like, okay, well, I'm not going to leave money on the table. But like, if that all I have an underground sea, if it magic, I, (laughs) you fucking, it's beat to shit, but I paid 120 bucks for it or 150. Like, great. Now that, that's what, 300 bucks? Mm -hmm. You know, four. So like, you know why? Yeah, dude, yeah. Give me fucking three. Give me three hundred bucks for it. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, like that's three hundred bucks I didn't have before. And but if that drops down to fucking being worth fucking, you know, if they drop down to being worth fucking a hundred bucks, okay, fifty, okay. It, it's fucking. I've got like, yeah, you've got money in it, but it's a fucking hobby. Exactly. Like, you don't get pissed off when your DVD collections don't fucking. App- uh, appreciate in value yeah like blu-ray came out i'm gonna sue big dvd like <laughs> I, like, <laughs> like what do you expect to happen like come on come on i, I, I think <laughs> we we'd almost change the name of this episode to <laughs> the just come on <laughs> come on what did you think was gonna happen well no i was just uh randomly scrolling um on something because i i popped up twitter just so i could make sure i, I tweet out our uh our last episode <laughs> stuff um and i i came up to a perfect tweet from uh mark hamill himself 
um, that is a, a picture of him and Kelly Marie Tran, uh, the actress who, who played Rose. Um, and it just says, hashtag get a life nerds. Yeah, yes. Yes. There's so many more. There's so many more interesting things and so many more things I'd rather do with my fucking time than to sit around and harass people on the Internet. Please listen carefully. 